ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The first Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. It's Hamilton and Mercedes on top. For the last 11 years, if you think Lewis Hamilton, you think Mercedes. Well, from 2025, the seven-time world champion will be in Ferrari red. It's a strange thought. It means Carlos Sainz is out of a seat after this year and there'll be a vacancy at one of F1's most successful teams of the modern era. I don't know about you, but I'm wondering how Dan Ricciardo might look in the Silver Arrows livery. Plus, the Socceroos take on South Korea in a do-or-die Asian Cup semi-final. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Mick Doyle is an F1 rider for ABC Sport. And Mick, I'll admit, when I woke up this morning, I was pretty shocked by the news of Hamilton leaving Mercedes for Ferrari. How do you think Mercedes are feeling? I think they're feeling dumbstruck. I think they're feeling maybe at a loss and maybe solemn because the Mercedes dominance an era of Formula One, which was already starting to wane in the last few seasons, may be over. Another illustration that Mercedes doesn't have the top speed required. It is the greatest driver they've ever had now leaving to one of their arch rivals. Mercedes unveiled their new car and then learned that Lewis Hamilton is moving. What do you think the motivations are for Hamilton moving across to Ferrari? The old folklore says that every driver wants to drive for Ferrari just Mm. once. And Lewis Hamilton has never said that he wouldn't want to drive for Ferrari. So statistically F1's greatest champion, combining with statistically F1's greatest team, there's a match made in heaven almost. It could also be that he doesn't believe Mercedes can reach its lofty standards anymore while he's there. They went through such a dominant run, winning eight constructors' championships. He won six drivers' championships in that time. And... In the last two seasons, he hasn't won a race, which is abnormal for Lewis, who went his first 15 seasons with at least one win each year. So he may believe that his best chance to now challenge what is the Red Bull juggernaut with Max Verstappen is in the Scarlet Red. Money could also be a factor. And the last one, which I'm, as we record, writing about is possibly maybe his own personal feeling of how he sits in F1's pantheon and legacy and history and now he finds himself alongside michael schumacher as top in the record books the world championship record is equaled lewis hamilton wins the turkish grand prix and is a seven time champion of the world he wants that eighth world title and he also would be just the second driver to ever win a championship with three different teams, something that hasn't been done since one Manuel Fangio back in the 1950s. He'll be taking the seat of Carlos Sainz, who was actually Ferrari's only race winner last season. Why have they chosen to drop Sainz after the 2024 season finishes and what's his future going to look like? Carlos Sainz, I thought, personally, was quite safe at Ferrari. Carlos Sainz is victorious. He wins the British Grand Prix. I thought he's done an excellent job since to join the team in 2021. He has beaten uh, Charles Leclerc once in the th- in the three seasons so far in the Drivers' Championship. However, last season was not Carlos's best, and he has had moments of driver error. But the red flag is out at Yas Marina, and Carlos Sainz is into the barriers. Which has cost his team points. 
Ferrari have put in a lot to their other driver, Charles Leclerc, who was going to be Lewis Hamilton's new teammate. And when Hamilton became available, Carlos Sainz, unfortunately, was the person who had to go. Here's Lewis Hamilton trying to take the place away from Carlos Sainz, trying to go the long way around. Either way, he's four Sainz away from the racing line. What holds for Sainz in the future? Well, there's now an open seat at Mercedes. That's a very real possibility. I can't imagine he would go to a team that isn't fighting up the grid, but he may not have a choice. The other option where he could land would be back with Red Bull, uh, taking the place of Sergio Perez. Daniel Ricciardo has been linked with that seat, and so many others have been as well. But Carlos Sainz came through the Red Bull Academy. He used to be a driver at Toro Rosso, teaming with Max Verstappen. Uh, Toro Rosso then became Alpha Tauri and now uh, the world's longest name in Formula <laughs> One. So that's an option too. Hamilton, as you touch on, will be partnering Charles Leclerc, who Ferrari have you know, pumped a lot of money into to develop him. How do you think Leclerc will be feeling about this? Because you get the sense that he's kind of going to be demoted to the second driver. Formula One is a cutthroat industry and drivers have one responsibility and that is to themselves and the people who directly, you know, work on their cars. So if Charles Leclerc wants to be the number one driver, then he has a very simple task and that's beat the man next to him, which is Lewis Hamilton. This is going to be a battle of the Ferraris. This is so close between the two Scarlet Ferraris. But it's one of those things where it's very easy to say Hamilton comes in and becomes the lead driver. Both drivers still have another year with their current teams. How awkward do you think the next 12 months will be for Hamilton and Mercedes and Sainz and Ferrari? Well, it's going to feel odd for Sainz and Ferrari mm. more. I think Sainz... His focus is, where am I going to drive next year? Hamilton has that security. And Ferrari have the security of knowing who they're taking as well. So Sainz is the only person with ambiguity in his immediate future. So I think he's going to be feeling a lot of pressure to really perform this season to make Mercedes and Red Bull. For Mercedes, I think the next 12 months are going to be a victory lap, essentially, the partnership they have had with Lewis Hamilton is historic. They have broken so many records and they have achieved so much together. I'm going to be honest, Mick. I look at all Formula One news through the prism of how will this affect Daniel Ricciardo. So this means there's an open seat at Mercedes in 2025. Do we dare to dream? I would say no, personally. <laughs> I think Mercedes have plenty of options the first one that immediately comes to mind is Alex Albon, who is currently with Williams, someone who was part of the Red Bull team, did not match it with Max Verstappen, so was on the outer. He's come back to Williams, who is a customer of Mercedes with their engine. So he has connection there. Alex Albon, in that lower Williams team, has driven the wheels off that, particularly last season, and shown his you know, real talent and potential. Alexander Albon wins at Silverstone. He was gifted the lead, but my word did he accept it. Wonderful drive afterwards. Carlos Sainz is another one. He will now be available. A Grand Prix winner, a proven driver, someone who can match up with the best. Ricardo, I feel, for Mercedes, is probably too old for their future. Ideally, they want to win both the Constructors and the Drivers' Championship, but money is pay prize money is paid in the Constructors' standings. 
Well, regardless, I hope to see Dan Ricciardo battling at the front of the grid and it is going to be a very interesting 12 months for Formula One. Mick Doyle, thanks so much for your time. Bring it on. Thanks, Poppy. Vince Rigari is a football writer for nine newspapers and Vince, the Socceroos take on South Korea in their semi-final. South Korea kind of had to get there the hard way in penalties against Saudi Arabia. Who are the Socceroos' opponents? Uh, they are probably uh, Asia's best team, if not second best. They're definitely, man for man, a better team uh, than Australia, that's for sure. In terms of the, the their squad and where their players play, they've got a lot of players uh, in the top leagues in Europe. Obviously, their captain is uh, Son Heung-min, the, the Tottenham Hotspur skipper. Ange Postacoglu made him captain this year of the club and has seems to have brought out his absolute best after a couple of lean years in the Premier League, I, I guess you could say. Heung-min Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Uh, they've got some other players like Lee, one of their attackers, plays at uh, Paris Saint-Germain. They've got quality all over the park. Even their players who play in the K-League are playing more football, arguably at a higher level than some of the guys in Australia's squad. That doesn't mean Australia can't get it done, but we are playing against a very high-caliber team. A few a few spots ahead of us in the FIFA rankings, they're, uh, they're 23rd, we're 25th, and they've got a, a coach in Jurgen Klinsmann who's been around the block quite a few times, not particularly popular at the moment in Korean football. There's some opinions out there that his tactics don't quite match the level of talent they've got in their squad. I think people will see him as overly pragmatic, but this guy knows what it takes to do well at the highest level. He used to coach Germany, Bayern Munich, was with the USA for a little while as well. Lots of experience, knows how to handle tournaments. It's it's a really tough game, but we, we do have an advantage in that we've got two days on them in terms of rest, and hopefully that will balance it out to make it a bit more 50-50. So let's talk Socceroos. They haven't lost a game all tournament, but it seems no one got anything nice to say about them. People are still really critical of their form so far in this tournament. Are you worried about them in this matchup? I'm less worried about them in this matchup because the criticism that has been made of them, and I've certainly made some of it, was that <laughs> they struggle against teams who sit back in big numbers and try to defend and frustrate them. Because while we've gone through undefeated so far, Australia's really struggled to generate clear-cut scoring opportunities. They spend a lot of time in and around the box, but actually getting the space to create a shot, a good quality shot on goal has been difficult. It's not an easy thing to do to try and break down a defensive team like that, but there seems to be either a lack of creatively minded players in the midfield of an attack in this current squad, or Graham Arnold's tactics perhaps aren't perfect when it comes to breaking down that particular challenge. South Korea will come out uh, and play, and uh, they, they won't sit back in defence, and what that means is that there will be more space either way in this game. So Australia should have more space to attack into, uh, which means we'll hopefully see more of those uh, attacking instincts, which were perhaps blunted in the group stage. Gethin Jones couldn't reach it. Jackson Irvine's determination gets in there. And the deflection goes into the back of the net. And Jackson Irvine has done it again. But at the same time, they're going to be coming at us with some of those high-quality players that I mentioned before. We've seen Coach Graham Arnold chopping and changing his lineup throughout this tournament. Do you think that continues here or are we more likely to see a bit of stability? I think he's going to go back to the team that he started the tournament with, with the exception of Riley McGree, who was just coming back to full fitness um, at the start of the tournament. He had an injury sort of late last year with Middlesbrough that ruled him out for a long time. He's now back and he's been starting games again. So I think we'll see, you know, the tried and tested lineup, I think, which is, uh, you know, the new face, Gethin Jones at right back, Harry Sutar, Jackson Irvine, Keanu Backus in the middle. 
looks like Jordan Boss is now the guy on the left wing instead of Craig Goodwin. So Goodwin looks like he's going to be the first cub off the rank in terms of substitutes. But Mitch Duke up front, we're looking at a lot of guys who have played a lot of football for the Socceroos and, and you know, did really well at the World Cup. So I think in a game this big and after, you know, a good four-day rest, uh, Arnie's going to go uh, with his tried and tested. Vince Rogari, it's going to be interesting. Fingers and toes crossed. And uh, you're going to need a little bit of extra sleep across the weekend, I think. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks very much. Soundbites. Ange Postacoglu has gotten his Tottenham Hotspurs back into the Premier League top four with a comeback victory. The match had a bit of spice between the two teams and I bet as an Aussie, Ange loved the argy-bargy. I'm not a fan of it. I don't like the whole, you know, bravado pushing people around, you know. If, you know, if they're that brave about things, my players and their players get into a UFC cage and I'll see how brave they are, you know. So we're out there to, we're out there to play football and that's what I want our guys to do. Guess not. In all the excitement of Yannick Sinner winning his first Grand Slam and Arena Sabalenka going back-to-back at the Oz Open, you might have missed that we had an Australian winner in the men's doubles. Matt Ebden won the event, but it was his partner Rohan Bapana who kind of stole the show. As Matt said, uh, you know, you definitely, uh, you know, got to know how old I am, I'm sure, yeah, a lot of people. But uh, I've changed it a little bit and I say I'm at level 43, not age 43 now. From yeah. now on, that will be how I announce my age. And in case you missed it, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl and Travis Kelsey continues to achieve greatness on the way there. In their last match, he became the all-time leader in receptions in postseason matches. And how did Kelsey take the news? Shout out to Jerry Rice, baby. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs and believe it. You gotta fight for your right to party! Believe it, baby, we're going to Las Vegas, Nevada to go get us another one. Yeah, low-key kind of guy. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Cassim. Thanks to Channel 9, CBS, Channel 10, Tottenham Hotspurs, Sky Sports and Formula One for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.